You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. What happened to my husband is haunting my mind all the time because it happened in front of my eyes. I was just a few meters behind him when he was assassinated. Former Egyptian First Lady Jihan Sadat. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Well, today is a somber anniversary in the Middle East. Forty years ago today, October 6th, 1981, the longtime president of Egypt, Anwar Sadat, was assassinated as he watched a military parade. His killers were extremists in the Egyptian military, outraged at the peace agreement that he signed with Israel in 1979, for which he shared the Nobel Peace Prize. Many people on the parade reviewing stand, along with President Sadat that day, were also killed or wounded. Also on the parade reviewing stand that day, though, was his wife, Egypt's First Lady Jihan Sadat. She survived and six years later wrote a book. And that's when I had the chance to meet her. So here now, from 1987, former Egyptian First Lady Jihan Sadat. Is the book about you? Is the book about Egypt? Is the book about your husband? About three of us, really, because I felt that this book is like a bridge between my culture and your culture about my story, about my husband's story. Do we as <clears throat> Americans, as, as a people, do we know anywhere near enough about Egypt? I don't think so. And that was one of the things which really made me, I mean, concentrate on certain things in my book so that I can give the idea for the American people and the foreigners as a whole to know more about my religion, Islam, my country, Egypt, our traditions and customs, the whole society, I believe. I wanted you to know more about it. And because I love here the American people, I want them to know about my lovely country and my lovely people. What have you been doing in the, uh, in the years <clears throat> since you have, uh, have left Egypt and have, have no longer been the First Lady of Egypt? Well, I finished my PhD. I was working on it six years. I finished my book, and I'm teaching here. I taught in three universities in the United States of America. You are quite in demand, are you not? <laughs> why are you so popular? If, if I may ask you to set aside modesty for just a moment, why are, why are you in such demand? Maybe because I'm a woman and a Muslim woman coming from a very conservative country. This may be also giving me, uh, I mean, just seeing me teaching and going around and, uh, I mean, uh, calling for peace, uh, carrying my husband's mission. I mean, not staying at home and just doing nothing. This may be the thing which, I mean, makes people I mean, like it or people like it. It also, though, makes some people of your faith nervous, does it not? That's true. Well, I'm still severely criticized from others. How, does, how do you handle that? Well, at the beginning, really, I felt, I mean, very sorry. I was very hurt, especially when I get to know that all the, the I mean, the criticism which I receive, it's almost all lies. If it was something objective, I don't mind, of course, because 
we are not all together, I mean, agree for something, we differ. But when you think that all what they say lies, it hurts me so much. But if I pay attention, I will not do anything. I always put it aside and then continue what I'm doing, because I believe in what I'm doing. Some I have spoken with have said that they fear that there will be other, in the incoming years, other extremists such as the Ayatollah Khomeini mm -hmm. that will try to take over the governments of various other nations and do what the Ayatollah has done. Is, do you share that fear? <clears throat> if they increase much more than this, sure, it will be very frightening anywhere. But till now, in Egypt, they are controlled. Although we have these kind of fundamentalists and their heroes is also like in Iran, Khomeini, but uh, fortunately the government is trying her best to control them. Could I have you just paraphrase in a, in a, in a few moments what, what kinds of thoughts were going through your mind as you put together this first chapter? Well, I was asked also why did I choose this chapter to, to start with? Well, what I wanted to say is that what happened to my husband is haunting my mind all the time. And when I started writing my book, even I knew that this is an autobiography that I had to start with my childhood. But as I said, this event, because it happened in front of my eyes, I was just a few meters behind him when he was assassinated. And this is haunting my, my mind all the time. I, I thought, that I will start with it because whenever I sit with my children, with my family, we always again repeat what happened and if we can save him, if we could do something for him. But sometimes I feel we are just going in a circle which will never end. Then let us always say, well, let us do what we, which we feel that it will please his soul. But that's the life, what could we do? At least he left behind him a legacy, which I'm very proud to be his wife and to live and to continue also his, miss his mission for peace till I will pass away also. After this short break, Jihan Sadat on how she feels about her husband's place in history. Now back to my 1987 interview with former Egyptian First Lady Jihan Sadat. I think if, if someone were to read only the first chapter of your book, they would still come away with a far more three-dimensional picture of both you and your husband than we have perhaps ever seen before. You, you don't tend to think perhaps of the world's great leaders as grandparents, for example. You don't... You don't stop and think, well, yes, they must have grandchildren and they must play games and they must yes. they must have little pet names for each other. You, you don't stop and think about such things. Well, most of the leaders sometimes, you know, they forget about their families, about their grandchildren because, not because they don't love them, no, but because they don't have time, they are busy. But with my husband, with in spite of his very busy schedule, he was such a very wonderful grandfather, very loving husband and father also. And because of that, you know, it's missing him. It's very, very hard for all the family, not only me. Are you happy with the way that President Sadat has been remembered since his death? Are you happy with the way he has been written about and portrayed? 
Yes, but I feel it's not enough even. I feel that he deserves even much more. But I'm very happy. Wherever I go, I hear from the people always talking in a very high esteem about him as if, I mean, they never forget him and they still remember him, which makes me feel very, very happy and give me strength to continue what I'm doing. He remains very strongly admired in Israel, does he not? Oh, yes, definitely, yes. And not only in Israel, I always also notice that anyone who speaks with me very warmly with tears in their eyes, and then I get to know that they are Jews. You know, they will never forget what my husband has done for the Jews and for Israel. I'm sure you have read some reviews of your book that are less than congratulatory and are less than completely flattering. It must be difficult to, first of all, go through the process of, of exposing your life in a book, <laughs> but then to have someone sitting in his office at uh, some faceless newspaper and criticize it. That must be very difficult for you. Well, I'm used to criticism. You know, I'm most of my life now I'm working and I'm severely criticized. This will not add too much. I mean, I'm used to it now. <laughs> what are your causes now? What, what are you working for or fighting for? I'll be fighting for women's rights till the end of my life. This is something which I am very concerned about, not only in my country, but all over the world. And talking about women's rights, I'm not, I mean, against men or just uh, feeling that we have to be better than men. No, on the contrary. I always feel that we wanted to share building our societies wherever we are. We wanted to be equal because we function and we work like men, not a desire, I mean, to be better or not, a, I mean, fighting against men at all. But this is our right to be equal and to share. This is what I'm calling for. And I will continue my life fighting for women's rights and carrying my husband's mission for peace. Also, I'm... I mean, asked so many times to lecture, either I always prefer to talk about peace or women. When you campaign for women's rights, though, you must, you must tread a very narrow line because there are cultures, other than Islam even, that, that don't look very kindly on that. You must, it must be difficult for you to, to know when to cross that line and when to stay on, on this side of the line. Sure, you are right. Even in my country, it wasn't that, uh, I mean, uh, easy to, to take our rights, although they were not that, I mean, drastic uh, changes. But even though in the Arab countries, in other Muslim countries, even not uh, Arab countries and Muslim countries, other countries also all over the world, they, it is, as you said, it's a very sensitive thing. But even though, that will never stop me. Because I believe in what I'm doing. How do you split your time between here and, and Egypt? While I'm teaching here, I spend the, the, uh, the time here. But the break between the two semesters, I go back home. The long summer holiday also, I go back home because all my family are there and all my friends. And although I have friends here, but still back and forth. There's no place like home. Exactly. Exactly. Are you happy with where you, 
with where your home is right now, that is politically, uh, socially? Uh, are you happy with today's Egypt? Yes. Well, uh, yes, I am happy because they are trying in Egypt to do their best. Well, first of all, the peace is as it was with my husband. It's going on. Uh, we have a good relation with Israel and uh, everything is going on uh, quite well. The mastermind behind the assassination plot was caught, convicted, and executed in 1982. Jihan Sadat died this past July. She was 88. And you can find easy Amazon links to Jihan Sadat's book at our website, heardeverything.com. And while you're at heardeverything.com, be sure to listen to my interview with the widow of another Middle Eastern leader. My conversation with the widow of former Israeli leader Yitzhak Rabin, Leah Rabin. I have remained as the symbol of what he was for them. The men that desired to make peace, the men that had respect for the Arab world, the men that they could trust. And of course, we post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find Now I've Heard Everything on all major podcast platforms, including Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeart, and many others. And thanks for listening. Next time on Now I've Heard Everything, the comedian turned radio talk show host turned U.S. senator turned talk show host again. My 1999 interview with Al Franken. After the Rush Limbaugh's big fat idiot success, people came to me and said, Al, why don't you run for office? And I tried to explain to people that I think I'd be a terrible office holder. That's next time on Now I've Heard Everything. I'm Bill Thompson.